Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday as KXNO gets back to local programming for the remainder of the morning and all throughout the afternoon, taking you right up until 6 o'clock. Trent and I until 1, the Murph and Andy till 3. Of course, the KXNO drive from 3 until 6. Coming up on our program today, the BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. Thought we would take a little bit of a respite uh, from... Uh, the Sweet 16, not the Willing nor in the first segment of the program. But Frank Schwab is going to join us. He covers the NFL, and he does a little bit on college basketball from a betting perspective. But Schwab from YahooSports.com will join us coming up at the bottom of the hour. Hour number two shapes up like this. We will uh, dot I's, cross T's on the Hawkeyes basketball season with our friend Wade Looking Bill. Uh, he'll join us at 12.05. And then Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports on the Big 12 and the two remaining teams, one of whom will play tonight, and that is K-State, as they will take on Michigan State. That's the early game tonight, 5.30 MSG, the scene of that one. Uh, 5.30 tip TBS. So TBS has two of the games. The other two can be found on CBS. And then Trent's plays of the day uh, coming up here just before we get out of here at about 1 o'clock. Back to basketball we go. It's been kind of, uh, well, Tuesday was terrific with the baseball last night. I didn't watch any college hoops. You didn't watch it all, huh? I didn't. I watched... Uh, I, I watched... was riveted by Utah Valley getting to host their game against Cincinnati. I, you know, I kind of wish I wanted. I would have because I saw the school president on Twitter yeah. and just the, uh, the joy of Utah Valley um, hosting a nationally televised game. Mm-hmm. It meant a lot, right? It did. You could tell the people Absolutely. from Utah... Which is adjacent to Provo, which I hadn't realized I until last night. I had no idea. And the excitement level. And then one thing I forgot until last night, the NIT semifinals are not at MSG this year. They're not? They're in Vegas. They are? <laughs> when? Next week. How about Tuesday, that? Wednesday, I believe it is. At T-Mobile or no? Probably not. Thomas and Mac. I don't know where. At the Orleans. You would. At MGM. I'm not, I don't think they're, they're, not, they're not renting T-Mobile. You wouldn't think so. I don't so. think so. That's and plus the Golden Knights have been forced to leave this weekend. Right. So they're pro That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. But Vegas the, is getting everything, Trent. The people of Orem, they're gonna make the drive down there. Yeah. We know those Mormons, they love their Vegas. You hear every time the BYU <laughs> plays in a Las Vegas bowl and are they really gonna go Yeah, yeah. they they go to Vegas. They like the bright lights and go to a show and have yourself a well, no caffeine, but... Right. Well, is Vegas, Vegas, is Utah, and specifically Salt Lake, I mean, wasn't there a time, and this this might have been completely BS, mm-hmm. that you can get beer there? Or Not drink there? Not in Salt there? Lake. No, well, I mean, at some period, maybe. I know today... What do they call it? A dry county? NBA... Why would anyone live there? The all yeah, that sounds <laughs> awful. The All-Star Weekend was there. <laughs> yes, it does. And, yeah, I heard a couple of people that were there and said, no, it's not what you think mm-hmm. it's a city yes you can find a beer you can find a bar you can do those places are there some bars that close a little earlier you're not going to be able to be like in manhattan and be out yeah. till 4 a.m right it's not that but it's fine it's fine it's still it's a metropolitan city you're going to be okay they've got a great airport i've flown in and out of there a few times. it's a beautiful airport it's a delta hub okay used to be oh of course yeah the old 
Delta Airlines Center. There you go. Where the jazz played. Right. Makes a lot of sense. It does make sense. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's a very pretty airport. So we thought they were done in Vegas after this week of the Sweet 16 mm-hmm. and Elite Eight. No, they got the NIT making their way there. What a difference a decade has made, right? I mean, they were so dead set again. Goodell. Never be there. The NBA's not going to va- gambling and sports. Please, these words do not go together. Mm-hmm. They never will. Not over, over my dead body. Blah blah. blah. Now they're all lining up to go. Right. I mean, baseball's going, folks. Baseball is going to be there. It will be. It, it will with a capital W. We know. We have been told. Yes. We've been told where it is and when it is and who it is. And it's the team that every. It's the Ace. It's the Ace. Yeah. Uh, and and they are moving there. Uh, and we now know where they are moving and when they're moving. The NBA is coming. We are past the cross T's dot I's. This is of happening. Major League Baseball. Yes. Right. This is hap- This is not an if no, conversation no, we're telling you. No. This is this will mm-hmm. happen. That's going to happen there. And I think it's going to be cool. I mean, something. Although, you know what? I loved Palm's idea when, it, when he first brought it up. Yeah. Instead of getting, if you, if you don't get a team, make it a destination where every single team, every single one of the Major League teams has to play a a series or two in mm-hmm. Las Vegas. I think it'd be great. Oh, it would bring the fan bases from all of the mm-hmm. major league cities. I don't care. I mean, New York's a great place. L.A., okay. Uh, but you're going to go to Las Vegas because it is a destination city, one of which I will be in here in seven hours. Seven hours, and you'll be touching down, sprinting to Circa, and then watching the games, right? Yeah, although I'll miss the first one. You will. And that's too bad because that's the really the one game of all of them. I wanted to see, you know, the big 10, big 12 mm-hmm. moves are needle, and these are two pretty good teams going up against each other. Uh, but I'll miss that one. But you know what? When I land, I'll be in Vegas and I'll find the score on my Twitter machine. Yes, you will. Right. And one other basketball note from last night. Yeah. Stupid Charlotte. They're up 23. No. Don't get the cover. They won by three. They was, didn't cover an up They five and a half. Counting the money already. Last two nights haven't been good. One three and one last Happens, night. Happens, man. But we're getting back to my wheelhouse now. Tonight, yeah, I have real schools. I have two. Very strong opinions on two of the games and two leans. You like Florida Atlantic. You know that one. And I think you like, uh, do you like Arkansas? No, I like UConn. Do you? I like UConn. I liked it a lot more when I got it earlier in the week at three and a half, but yeah. What's it now? Four. Is it? And a couple of four and a halfs. I know it popped up over the last 24 hours or so, but yeah, a couple of leans in the other games. We'll get to that later in the show today. NBA, it's still a reach right now. I, I've been watching more NBA the last couple of nights and a little bit of hockey too. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the feel. And you gotta have that feel when you're mm-hmm. betting, right? The day to day betting, it's it's not just looking at numbers. Right. And I I know there's so many betting systems out there, and there's so many people that first of all, the spreadsheet that you put together as you're in your cubicle is not better than what they have <laughs> when these guys are crunching the numbers there. Your analytical model is not going to be better than what the bookies have. It's just not. But the other part is that feel component that you can't put in an analytical system. That has to matter. Yes, do we overrate what we saw recently? No doubt. All the time. All the time. I'm guilty. And my partner is as bad as anybody (laughs) at it. And always have been. (laughs) But the other component of that is there is something to be said with what you see with your eyeballs, the way a team is playing, those kind of things. And you just, you can't match up Mm -hmm. those numbers with what that is. So I think that's an important part. And as we get ready for the playoffs, I got to watch a little more NBA and get dialed back into it before I'm fired money. Luckily, it's only 10 bucks at a time. Who is going to win, if you had to, right now? Who, who are the teams to beat? Denver's going the wrong way. Uh-huh. Celtics are, right? Yeah, but they've been really inconsistent. Okay. The Bucks. The Bucks. I'd love to see them get another one. I would, too, because I'm invested. Mm-hmm. 
How about the Sixers? Joel Embiid. Now he's got to answer it come playoff time, but what he has been doing, averaging 34 and 10. They killed the Bulls last night. They did, and didn't give the Bulls a shot in that game. It was like 17 nothing right out of the, right off the jump. That Sixers DNA, though, and under Joel, Joel Embiid, since he's been what he has been, they get to the playoffs and they just kind of spit the bit, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's not the Bucks, I don't have anybody else I like there. The Celtics have been so inconsistent this year. I don't like their coach. I don't. Coaching matters come NBA playoff mm-hmm. time. And I just don't think in Missoula in the first year, I don't see him being that kind of guy. Not certainly the guy that we saw a year ago in Aduka and what he was able to do. You don't have that same kind of, I don't know, he just, he was a big figure over that team and, and he helped lead them. And then out west, good luck. And the T Wolves came back last night and they had no business winning that game. But Cat, in his first game back, he missed 54 games in November. I, was, I had, I mean, I knew he was out. I just didn't realize it had been that long since mm-hmm. we saw him out there and then hits both free throws to give them the lead and they hold on and get the victory. And there's a chance that they avoid the, the uh, opening, what do they what do you call it, the play-in? What do we call them that now? The yeah, first four? The, the, the play-in tournament. Preliminary tournament? I think they call it the play-in tournament. Play-in tournament? I think that's what it is. I so, love the concept. Here is the standings currently. Fourth place team is the Suns. The 12th place team are the Pelicans right now. Between 4 and 12... Three and a half games separate them. Holy mackerel. Yeah. So the T-Wolves right now are the seventh seed. They're 12 and a half games mm-hmm. back overall. Tied with the Thunder. The Mavericks and the Lakers are both in currently by a half game. And then the Jazz and Pelicans are both a half game behind the Lakers and the Mavs for that final spot. And speaking of the la- Mavs last night, did you see what happened to them? It's unbelievable, Trent. I mean, it's... it's, it's a, it's unfair. Yes. Um, B, it's a horrible black mark against the league. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could tell Mark Cuban is apoplectic, and he deserves to be. Because it's embarrassing. Did you see Luka Doncic as he was walking yes, by? Yes, doing the money sign? Doing the money sign, yes. rubbing his fingers together. That was... You can't allow that to happen nope, in an NBA nope, game. Nope, nope, nope. And nope. that one that comes down to two points? Yes. Oh, what a, what a difference look. the two points make. Yes, it did. Everybody's on the other end of the floor, but they changed the call and they didn't tell and the they, Mavericks? And they didn't tell the Mavericks. And, and the announcer the... didn't say a word? I mean, yeah. the, the, the in-studio, the PA guy? Yeah, ball, Captain Big Voice? Ball out of bounds? No, nothing. How can that happen? Well, you give the ball to Dallas, then you take it away, and you keep it a secret. Except, right. for, except for the other team. And then you hand them the ball and they get a dunk. Right, because everybody else was at the <laughs> other, other end, end of the floor. floor. Unthinkable. We should tweet that out from our Miller and Con because yes. that is a piece of it. When I saw it the first time, I didn't realize what was going on. Mm-hmm. It, I saw it too, and I'm like... I saw it from you. You tweeted it. It was a play where you see this sometimes where teams like getting out of the huddle, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. and the ref will, hey, second whistle's blown. We're going. And they'll set the ball down. It's usually a team inbounding. Uh-huh. And they get, start counting to five. You see the guys running over and trying to get the, or the ball and inbound it quickly. You see that... I don't know. Once every five years, this you just hand the what ball. What Viking other... ran the wrong way? Was it Jim Marshall or Carl? It was Marshall. It was wasn't Jim Marshall. It? Yeah, absolutely. And then chucked it out of the side of the end zone for a safety. Yeah. All by himself. <laughs> Look, nobody's catching me. They're, they've given up. Yeah. I'm home free. Uh huh. This though, underneath the team's own rim too. It's not right. Hey, we changed the call, but they're coming the other. No, this is underneath their own rim. It is. Unthinkable. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing for the league. And the conspiracy theories? Oh, they're out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mark Cuban doesn't need a tinfoil hat. He's no. been complaining about the officials First, since, he since, he got, since he bought the team. Yep. Yeah. And he was right, uh-huh. by the way. Yep. Games were being fixed. Yeah. This one, 
leaves a sour taste. In your it's mouth. A, it's a bad taste, no doubt about it. All right, uh, so we just did. Uh, we apologize. <laughs> Let's uh, get back on track, right? Ten minutes we actually do have video. things to talk about today too, local. Well, you know what, and and it's um. It's it's Iowa who dominated the day the news cycle yesterday. Matt Campbell speaking today. Didn't Nick Olson tell us that? Yes, I believe. So. I think yep. he did. Yeah, I think he did. Uh, so Kirk Ferentz meets the media. Um, David Eicholt, who joined us yesterday in the program, one of our final questions for him was, you know, the transfer portal works both ways. Are you hearing anything? And uh, his response was somewhere along the lines was, Yeah, I'm hearing multiple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of paraphrasing a bit, and we hung up the phone and we started to speculate a little bit because, um, you know, it was kind of a just a throwaway question. I didn't expect, you know, an answer of that magnitude. And, and there it was. And then within an hour or so of us um, signing off for the day, we get the news of Gunlay. No surprise. No. Uh, but Aaron Eulis, I could kind of see the writing on the wall, but at the same time, you could, you could certainly make the case for him to return. Mm-hmm. But he's not. He's not. And what's behind it? He's not very good. He, it, yeah. It has to be. I be- thought he was going to have a better year. I did. He averaged six points and two assists a game. Mm-hmm. As a starting point guard in Fran McCaffrey's offense. That's bad. No, it's not good. Not good enough. No. In the offense that they run, in the system that they have, it's not good enough. He is fine, a competent backup point guard mm-hmm. in the Big Ten. But he is, I mean, you rate the point guards one through 14 in the Big Ten. Say 14th? Well, he's certainly toward the bottom. Yeah. I mean, they, if, if there's a guy below him, there's maybe one. Mm-hmm. But that's it. And for Iowa to be at their best, they needed somebody. I know people were excited about a more defensive guy at the point guard position this year. A guy, after watching Bohannon for six years, that defense was never his calling card. People are excited for that. The analytics say that Aaron Ellis, at best, was an average defender. We're not talking about some lockdown guy. This is not like having a backcourt of Gasell, who was a plus defender, and Sapp, Clemens, who was an excellent defender. Mm -hmm. That's not what this was. This guy was okay defensively and terrible offensively. There's no two ways about it. He didn't have an assist over his final three games. That three-game losing streak, Jeez. as the season comes to a close, he doesn't have an assist. And, and how many points do you have? Two? Three. Three. Right. A total of three. Uh-huh. A, f- a free throw and a bucket, and that's all you got out of your starting point guard. It's not good enough, and you need to upgrade the roster. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. We've talked about this a lot. This is a perfect opportunity to retool mm-hmm. a lot with this Iowa basketball mm-hmm. program. And Fran McCaffrey did not go on vacation. No. He and he shouldn't. He didn't no. deserve it. Vac- well, he does, do. but get this done and then you know take off. There is work that needs to be done. And they've done. got a foreign trip coming up, don't they? Didn't I read that? I don't know. One of the two schools does. Okay. Doesn't ring a bell with me. Okay, maybe I'm I'm mistaken. not going, so that's maybe why. Right. <laughs> it's an opportunity to go out there and try to hit the portal hard. Last year, they tried to get AMOC. Didn't have the money to do it. I got another chance. Now, one thing that I've read from Brad Heinrichs of the Iowa Swarm, the head of the Iowa Swarm, the Iowa Collective, is that... About 90% of their money is earmarked for football. And that is because the people that are making the donations, that's where they want their money to go. You have the opportunity, where would you like to see your money spent? Well, we saw what they did in the transfer portal. They got Cade McNamara. They were able to get Seth Anderson. They were able to get Eric Hall. They were able to hit it hard. Bring in, what, six different transfers overall that they were able to bring in. Is the money there for them to go out and get two competent starters? B.J. Mack, good player from Wofford. He has already announced his top 10. I was among them. There's a big kid from Yale, uh, six foot eight, really good shot blocker, good rebounder that I was involved in, and a lot of big schools are. I know they're involved, but what does involvement mean? Mm-hmm. And is the war chest open? It's better than it was a year ago, but I think there's maybe this, this thought process. Well, look what happened in football. 
the money is not there at the same level right now can for basketball. You, can you uh, earmark your money to your sport? I yes. Mean, if you're, you, yes. Yeah, you can. I just want this to go to basketball. Yep. I just want this to go to football. Or right now, I want to make a one-time donation only for basketball. Gotcha. You can do that, mm-hmm. yeah. It's set up on the website that you have that ability to do that. But right now, most of the people are spending their money or want their money to go towards football. Well, you can't complain about things if they're not going well, right? If you're going to donate the money and you want to see them go out and do things, it's the new reality. Yep. You have to have the money to do mm-hmm. it. And I will right now, though it's better, it's not great is kind of where I'm going here. This is not where they're going to have buckets of money that they're going to go out and get three or four of the top mm-hmm. you know, 25 transfer guys. Mm-hmm. That's not the case right now. Mm-hmm. No, if you were to, uh, you know, to, to rank the, I mean, I got to believe that both of our in-state schools, right, are toward the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, it's the way it, it's the way it is. It's the future, sadly. Is it going to find a home? No, not sadly. I don't want to make sadly... I'm glad the players are getting paid, yeah. but it's, I just wish that you know Iowa and Iowa State could keep up uh, with the Joneses. Is it going like going to find a home? Because he did this last year, yeah, and he came back. Yeah, well, it, and is he welcome back? No, that's this time? that's but just about to say if he doesn't, I mean, is there a place for him? I, I thought that they, the the reason he was welcome back is he was you know going to be more productive, have well, more of an work. impact on this roster. Let's be honest, he didn't put in the work. Well, Trent, did you see him walking off the floor? Uh, they showed a, a tunnel. One of the cameras, I don't think it was big, I think it was last week, they showed him walking off the floor. He's a big dude. He is. And he had the knee injury this year that he was out, what, three, four weeks? Uh-huh. I and, mean, I'm not talking tall dude. <laughs> this guy's got some girth. Wide. Right. Never put in the requisite work to get to the level that they wanted. You, and, if you went up and down the floor a time or two, he's huffing and puffing. And you saw things from him where he could be a productive backup Big Ten player. But he just was so big, so mm-hmm. out of shape that that was never a realistic one. And I would, and this is just a guess, but I think it's a pretty educated guess, that the reason we didn't see him play, because when he played, he could give them some minutes. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't doing what the coaches asked. He wasn't working in the way that they wanted. And ultimately... It leads to, when you're giving playing time guys that aren't doing the work that is needed, right. it can create some kind of strife inside yeah. the locker room. Especially when the other guys are busting the you know what right. in practice and it, listening to everything that coaches tell them. And, yep. and here comes Big Lazy yep. again. Yep. And, yep. Oh, and he's going to get 15 minutes a game? Mm-hmm. And Riley well, Why am I busting my you right. know what? Right. right. What's right. the point of doing this if I'm not even going to play? Or this guy's taking is, minutes away. Speaking of Riley Mulvey, is he the next name we hear? Or he's an he interesting say? one. I mean, they need help inside. Yeah. And Mulvey's a guy that... The glimpses that we saw, and they were rare, he didn't look completely out of place. I always go back to big guys, unless Jepson. You, now, you were making your transition during the Jepson years. Yeah, when I moved here, he was part of the roster. But when he started his freshman year, and he redshirted his first year on campus, I, I'm not being facetious. Seeing him just walking around or warming up, it was a joke. The guy... Now, he was 7'1", mm-hmm. 6'11", and it was also a different time period. We're talking 35 years ago that we're going back to here. <laughs> Make a feel old, but <laughs> really? that guy was as uncoordinated as you could possibly find. And he develops into a guy that averages 20 points a game his senior year and is a second-round pick in the NBA. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more building blocks to Riley Mulvey. He's a lot more coordinated, certainly, than Les Jepsen was. And we saw him against Indiana earlier this year, a couple other times. Again, it was just glimpses. I'm not ready to throw them out. And, again, they need help. They have six guys right now on the roster, scholarship players on the roster from a year ago. Here's the six guys that are currently that are coming back for this season with Iowa basketball. 
Peyton Sanford, mm-hmm. Josh Dix, okay. DeSante Bowen, hopefully, Patrick McCaffrey, yeah. the aforementioned Riley Mulvey, and, and my man, Tony Perkins. That's your six. Whew. Four incoming freshmen. There's playing time. Nobody that is going to be considered a one and done. A couple of top 150 type of players, Owen Freeman, either an undersized five or a power forward type. I know he's probably the one that had the biggest accolades or or the most interest out of them. The kid from New Jersey, a lot of people think he's got a chance to be really, really talented and a different kind of athlete than Iowa's had recently. Brock Harding's 5'11", 170 pounds. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Mm-hmm. He's quick. He's fun. Big Ted's different at the point guard spot. And then you have Price Sanford, who is a more well-rounded player than Peyton was, at, at least at this point in their career. We'll have to see. He's got to get a lot bigger, a lot stronger, a lot tougher in more ways than one if he's going to be a big-time Big Ten player. That's what you have coming in the recruiting class. they got to hit a big in the portal here. Uh, would Riley Mulvey have been better off redshirting this year? Would Iowa have been better off with Riley Mulvey redshirting this year? Well, anymore, what a redshirt. Because he reclassified. What do redshirts really do anymore, though? You know, with Extends your career. But you can extend your career anyway, you know? If he would have redshirted, would that, I don't know, open up the door even earlier for him to decide to transfer? I don't know. That's one that's difficult. Mm-hmm. Red he played five minutes, average five minutes as a freshman. He had, his minutes went down this year. Did they really? Yeah. That's scary, By isn't a minute, it? but yeah. still. Yeah. Neither of them are real high there. Right. I think he's going to stick around. I think he's okay. going to be around. They're, he, if he's your starter next year at center, you're in big trouble. It's a long year. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what the portal does. I think they're in big trouble. Now, we've said this before with Fran. After you lose Wieskamp and you lose Luca Garza, well, there's no way they're going to be a tournament team, and Keegan turns into an All-American. Right. And this year, I thought they were going to be a bubble team. Wrong side, right side of the bubble, but mm-hmm. a bubble team. Mm-hmm. They were a tick better than that. A tick, yeah. Fran has delivered. He's made eight tournaments the last ten years. Five straight, if you count the COVID year, and they would have been in that year. Five straight. No last Iowa coach to do that? Lou Olson. Mm. Yeah, he worked out. Uh, so, Patrick McCaffrey's teammate. Mm-hmm. Did you see him play at the well? Have you seen him? His, for, his home, former high school teammate that's... that's uh, oh, Evan Bronze? Yeah, yes. Yeah. What do we know about yeah, him? He's, he's an 11th guy. Okay. Yeah. So don't get, get too excited thing. about... No. Yeah, all right. I mean, the hope is that he's a walk-on. Right. He's an Iowa City kid, mm-hmm. walks on. But if but he's expecting... played more than 12 minutes a game, you're okay. in trouble. All right. But he does have that ability? Yeah, he's fine. Okay. Yeah, same thing. If he's kind of the, your fourth big guy in a four-man rotation, yeah, you're all right. Mm-hmm. Just that. Undersized as a center. Thick. Can hit a shot from the outside. But big body. Below average athlete. He's fine. So he will play the five? Yeah. I, I don't think he, there, there's enough skill to his game to be a four. Gotcha. Athleticism to play yeah, a four? No. no lacking there, too. Yep. Uh, Eli King has left from Iowa State. That's no shock, although nope. it certainly would have been a shock if we would have had this conversation in October, November. Because oh, yeah. of, the, of the class coming in, Trent, I, I seem to recall it was all about him. Well, I well was Lipsy, pro- the local kid. Yeah, I was probably a par- par- problem with that, too, because I just loved him. The times that I saw him play, both in the AAU circuit and a couple of high school things that I saw from him, just he had... He had some swag to him. He had a little attitude. He had a lot of cockiness. And I thought he was going to show up and have a role on mm-hmm. this team. And as the season went on and things started to go south now, after obviously Grill got kicked off the team, yep. we did get to see him out there just a little bit. But funky shot, 
Thought there was going to be a little bit more there. Not a huge. Is surprise. he a Valley player? Is that That's you think good, his next? Yeah, you wonder. Does he end up maybe one of the Dakota schools? Yeah. Does he go back to Minnesota and go up to St. Thomas? There's a lot of room on that Drake roster. Yeah, ooh, that's not a bad idea. Who, who by the way, the, the the buzz, the rumors that DeVries was ticketed and it was a done deal, and it happened in St. Louis during the Valley tournament. He's going to Notre Dame. Blah yeah. blah blah. Uh, well, we know that's not happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there was a conversation. Not saying that there wasn't, but um, look what a March run can do, though. Well, Micah screws it. I mean, the guy. You said that yesterday. Yeah, a, a middling kind of season, mm-hmm. a difficult year. Number one, you make a big run of the Big Ten tournament, all the way to the mm-hmm. championship. You win a game, and we're close to winning a second game, and that buzz starts to build yep. the NCAA tournament in its own. Think of Andy Enfield at Florida Gulf yeah, Coast. Right. Nobody knew that guy. No, he gets the no. USC job. I know. It's not a proximity thing. We're talking from going from Florida to L.A., and he gets that job. And he's done a pretty good job there on top of it, but that's what March can do for you. You look back at UMBC and their coach, and he ended up moving up a tier and making that jump up. March, what happens in March Madness? It is crazy. Well, we saw it again with Fairleigh Dickinson, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just moving up that next rung. Not getting the major job, but taking that next step up to Iona. And away we go. All right. We're going to uh, go to uh, Frank Schwab from YahooSports.com. We're going to switch gears, uh, do a little NFL conversation. We'll pick Frank's brain on these uh, Sweet 16 games tonight. Four of them, 5.30, the very first one, uh, tips off Michigan State at K-State. Trent's plays of the day coming up here uh, just before we get out of here at uh, 1 o'clock. Miller and Condon underway on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.0.com. Leaves or what Alex Caruso was. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. All of our draft conversation leading up to the draft is brought to us by our friends at Graphite Construction Group. And uh, I believe that we will be, you're going to the draft, aren't you? That is the plan, yeah. Actually meeting with the guys tomorrow afternoon. So uh, going to work on some details down in Kansas City. Of course, Russ, the owner, a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. Season ticket this- older. He was the season ticket holder who was at the Super Bowl this past year and going to be down in Kansas City for the draft, which has a chance to be a really, really fun one, entertaining, and there's not a consensus number one that always makes it more interesting. Yeah, we shall see. Seems like they're headed towards uh, Stroud, but who knows. Mm-hmm. I'm Matt Schwab, YahooSports.com. He joins the conversation. Good to talk to you, Frank Schwab. How you been? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Doing good, doing good. How about you guys? Doing well. As always, we uh, appreciate you finding time for us here. So let's, I guess, start with the news from, uh, it's a little old now, a couple of weeks old, uh, that uh, the Bears, uh, they have traded out. Uh, they seem to get a pretty good haul for uh, for their uh, number one overall pick. They now pick ninth and first round pick next year and more, etc. Your thoughts, did the Bears do the right thing? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, they got, a, like you said, a really good haul. I, I think DJ Moore is the key to that because there was just no real path to getting a, a, a top 20 receiver. I, it, none of There was no good receivers in free agency. That's why I saw Adam Thielen get really, really overpaid by the Panthers. Yeah. There's no, the draft is fine for receivers, but I don't think it's like last year or a couple of years ago. So you looked, and if you're the Bears, you say, you know, the most important thing we can do for Justin Fields right now is to get a number one receiver. How the heck do we get that? And for them to come out of this with DJ Moore, to me, was worth moving out of the top four. I, you know, I, I looked at this over and over and over and thought, you know, I mean, if you move down to four, you're getting one of the two elite defensive talents in the draft, Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. Well, you know, it would take a lot to move down out of that top four, and it was worth it for them. And on the other side, I, I totally understand it. Like, the Panthers get off the merry-go-round. They get their quarterback of the future. You know, if you hit this draft pick, you don't got to worry about that position for the next 10 years. So it's one of those rare trades where, you know, everybody wants to assign grades on who won and who lost. I look at it and say both teams did the right thing. Totally understand it from each side. So uh found it really interesting. So the Bears, active in free agency. They didn't overspend. They didn't go and blow their whole wad on of cash that they have on everything here in free agency. But Demarcus Walker was asked, Justin Fields, was him being there being – you know, a part of this team was that an influence, and he said, "Absolutely, it was." It, yeah. Justin Fields. There, there seems to be this interesting buzz where a lot of people. He seems to be that player that guys gravitate to. That that's that's a pretty nice building block. When the decision was made, do we trade Fields or do we trade the pick? It seems like it was pretty easy in the Bears' mind, right? I, I thought it would have been crazy to trade Fields, like. You got a builder on that guy. See, even he showed some some clear growth last year. Obvious, great playmaking ability. He's got to get better as a quarterback, uh, as a passer. You know, pocket passer and all that. But have we not learned from Tua, from Jalen Hurts? Sometimes it takes two, three years, and especially when the Bears last year gave him nothing to work with, nothing. He had the, one of the worst supporting casts I've ever seen for a young quarterback, and he still made things happen. What happens when you add a DJ Moore, when you add to the line a little bit, when you you know, you give him another year with the same coaches, can he grow? I, and I think you have to see that through. You, you, he's not some nobody off the street. You drafted him, I think it was 11th overall or whatever. I know it was a different regime, but he's 11th overall pick. Some people thought it could have gone as high as two. I thought he should have gone number two. So the whole notion of, like, trading fields and drafting a quarterback, like, it's like, you know, the, the, the old – the the Family Guy thing. It's like, ooh, let's take what's on, under the you know what's in the box. Mm-hmm. Right. It could be anything. It could even be a, you know. I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like Bryce Young could be. Oh wow, we got Bryce Young. He could be as good as Justin Fields someday. <laughs> you know, like so. Why why mess with this? Build around the kid. I think they did the right thing. I thought honestly, like the moment that came out, I thought that was just being leaked to drum up, uh, you know, drum up uh, some leverage for that pick. Some media members fell for it. Some former GMs fell for it. I, I never thought that that was a possibility. What uh, What's the possibility that the Jets and the Packers uh, get things done here? Well, they have to before the draft, right? Don't they? I mean, you have to, right? Like, this is crazy now. You're getting into, like, I mean, I, I think it's just a, sta- a stare down now because both teams are, are kind of desperate. I mean, if you think about it, the Jets obvious. Like, if this Aaron Rodgers thing falls through, they're the – 2021-2022 Broncos, where you put all your eggs into the Aaron Rodgers thing, 
it doesn't work, and then you're just you're going down a, a dark alley. Like you, you really are all in on this Aaron Rodgers thing again. You don't you don't hire Nathaniel Hackett. You don't sign Alan Lazard. You don't you know trade Elijah Moore to open up a spot for Randall Cobb or whatever they're doing with that trade. Mm-hmm. You don't do these things unless you're all in on Aaron Rodgers. There's no plan B. I, I don't I don't see one anyway. So. Uh, they're obvious, but the Packers too. What are you going to do? You, you really going to bring Aaron Rodgers back? Really? Like, mm-hmm. hey, well, yeah, we're going to pass on whatever package of picks you're taking, and just you know, like gamble that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to just retire on us, and uh, we get nothing out of that. I think that they've made the decision. We're moving on to Jordan Love. It's very much like 2008, right? Like when the Packers decided, yep. okay, it's done. We're moving on from Favre on to Rodgers. It's done. And then when Favre wanted to come back, they're like, nope, we're, we're down this road already. Sorry, Brett. Same thing here. We're down the Jordan Love Road. We want to build our team a different way. So both teams are desperate. Which one cracks here? I think it's the Jets. I think the Jets end up giving a little bit more than they want. Packers end up feeling pretty good about it. But I, I, I'd be shocked if this doesn't happen before the draft. But, man, it, it does have a lot of, again, 2021-2022 Broncos, Broncos vibes for the Jets. Ugh. Yeah, it does. That makes Ken's stomach turn over there, <laughs> yeah. hearing those kind of things. What is a fair compensation? I know both sides are staring at each other, waiting for the other to blink. What is fair in this scenario? Rodgers pushing his way out to only one place, and the Jets know, well, this is a place he wants to come. Right, and I mean, that makes it really, really difficult. I I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's hard to gauge the value. I, you know, I, I assume anyway from the, the tea leaves you read and all that, that the Jets are resisting a first, and maybe they got this extra second in the Elijah Moore trade to kind of sweeten the pot and save multiple multiple seconds, guys. Come on, let's do this. And I I, I assume that that's going to end up what it's being. A package of picks that doesn't include the first. I think that that's going to end up being fair, and the Packers will say, yeah, well, okay, that, that that's good enough for a 40-year-old quarterback, and, and everybody moves on and, and, you know, kind of feels good about new beginnings. Speaking of new beginnings, a new, kind of a new era, Frank, uh, the, the buzz team, certainly this last couple of weeks in the NFL, from where I sit anyways, is the Detroit Lions of all teams. I mean, there's more people talking about this franchise. I know I logged on. I, I, I searched. I found my best price. I got 25-1 to 1 for the Super Bowl. Why not? Um, what about this Lions team? Are you buying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if they got have Super Bowl upside, but I've punched a ticket on them to win the NFC North, and it, it didn't bother me at all. They're, getting, they're still plus next to their number. They're the best team in the NFC North right now. As crazy as that sounds, you know, they, they've really – there's a it's a destination all of a sudden. Like free agents talked about – I think Cam Sutton was the one that kind of said, I want to play for this team. They're building something here. Dan Campbell's a guy I want to play for. When has that ever happened in Detroit? It's crazy. <laughs> The way they finished last season is is very impressive. They're good, but I will say this: I will say this because we're talking about uh, you know we talk betting a lot. Yeah, the Packers are plus six hundred to me to win. Ooh. I think a plus six hundred. I just wrote the story. Seems insane to me. What have the Chicago Bears done to vault ahead of the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. in the odds? Right. Mm-hmm. I think that there's the value. I think it might be four hundred. Whatever it is, go look. Take the Packers. Click it on your story right now. If George. If Jordan Love is just good, yeah, four fifty. You're right. If Jordan Love is just good, the Packers have more talent than anybody except maybe the Lions, which is crazy to say. <laughs> and 
Uh, I, I, why are the Packers finished you know, picked with the the Packers have the worst odds in the NFC North right now? Why? We, we're we're sure that Jordan Love stinks. Like I'm not. I don't. I'm not sitting here telling you I think Jordan Love's a great quarterback, but I don't know. Nobody knows. He is a total unknown. Everything out of that building is very excited. Like they 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 want to move on with Jordan Love right now. They're not you know they're not dreading this. I don't think. What if he's good? What if he's at least above average? I think the Packers then. Are great odds at plus four fifty, and uh, the Bears ahead of the Packers and NFC North odds just blows my mind. Um, can you imagine Hutchinson, who was what second overall last year? If Jalen Carter's there at six, how about those two dudes lining up for the next ten years yeah, beside each right. other? Right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I will say this: I, I love Jalen Carter as a player. He's he's a freak, but the fact that he his pro day was so bad mm-hmm. is concerning. Yep. It's. This is one I like. I hate to put too much stock into the combine and the pro day. It's not really to me what what you run in the forty or what is. Are you prepared for one of the biggest days of your life? There's a job interview. Right. This is a job interview. It's fair. Are you come in overweight? You can't even finish. That's a. I mean, that, that red flag is being raised up the pole right there. I'm not saying I pass on him because he's just a, a special special talent, but. If you can't prepare yourself, focus mentally for what was it, three weeks yeah. from the combine, <laughs> right. two weeks from the combine. Yeah. Well, how are you going to stay focused over an entire off season, an entire football season, an entire career? Are you taking care of yourself the way you need to take care of? I, I, I don't know what was going on with him, but it does alarm me that that he had such a bad pro day. And yeah, you're going to turn on a film and you're going to talk yourself into him being a great player, and he might be. I mean, he he's just one of those dudes, but. You know, we've seen him disappear in games before. I think it was the Ohio State game. He was nowhere to be found, all that kind of stuff. So there's a little more concern about him than I'd have. But, yeah, if your line's at six and that guy's that falls in your lap, I, I think it's just like the Aiden pick where you run it up. You're not taking your 15 minutes. Right. You're saying, this is our guy. Let's get it done. C.J. Stroud at one. I mean, are we trending that that is not locked territory, but – a pretty big prohibitive favorite right now for Stroud, or is this still maneuvering? Still with a month to go here, there's still a lot to be said. I know Stroud just had his pro day at Ohio State and threw it very well. Big surprise there. He had a couple of good guys to throw it to on top of it over there. But uh, your thoughts on the number 1 pick and Stroud? Feels like it's trending that direction. Yeah, I was surprised by the odds, and I wonder if it's a situation like last year where there's an overwhelming favorite, Hutchinson, and then Kevon mm-hmm. Walker just came up out of nowhere in the last week and, and became the top pick. I'm still on kind of the Bryce Young train. I, I I get he's small, and there's risk involved in that, but, man, is he good. He, if that dude was 6'4", 220, he, he'd be Trevor Lawrence territory as a prospect, I think. I mean, there's, there's no question about him as a player. It's just the size. Where Stroud, I think, has just got a little, little bit lower ceiling. I like him. I mean, I, I think he's a very good player, but... I don't know. It just seems weird to me that C.J. Stroud is sitting there minus 300 in the odds. Like, I, are we really sure that, that this is a done deal? I'm not. I, I think that there's still chance that the Panthers are playing this pretty cool and, and Bryce Young was our guy all along. I don't know why. I just, I, I don't know. Hey, do you really pay that much to go up to number one to take C.J. Stroud? Mm. I, I mean, I guess if you're sold on him, and maybe he's going to be a great player, and I do like him, but is he kind of that no doubt lock generational talent kind of guy i, I don't know that i maybe I, I still just think bryce young is that could be that guy if bryce young has the higher ceiling I, i'll i'll tell you what i'll be betting on bryce young at the odds mm. to, 
to kind of be that guy late in the draft process to be like, oh, the Panthers really actually like Bryce Young, and now he's minus 700 to go with the top pick. I think that could actually happen. Uh, a listener asked us to ask you about the Eric Bienmi. just your thoughts that he finally gets an opportunity. Doesn't get a head coaching job. It's, it's a lateral move, but off he goes to Washington. Your thoughts, and is the next step for him to take, uh, take over control uh, if it doesn't work out there uh, with Rivera? Yeah, and I think that it, it made sense to me and everybody. And I get why people said, why should he have to take a lateral or a lateral move or even a down move? I mean, Washington's a horrible franchise, right? Like, we all know that. But I think if you're Eric Bieniemy, the reality, and it's not a, a comfortable reality, but the reality is he was not getting a head coaching job being the offensive coordinator of Kansas City Chiefs. He has to look in the mirror and say, what do I need to do? And the answer was, go be on your own, away from Mahomes, away from Andy Reid, call your own offense, and and then people will finally say, wow, Eric Enemy might actually be good at this. Should he have to do that? Probably not. But I think he also, like you kind of mentioned, he goes to a situation where the head coach is on a hot seat. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Rivera has another bad year, does he come back again? I don't know. I love Ron Rivera. I would keep him. I think he's he's a very good head coach. But the enemy also... It's put himself in position where if the offense is good and, and he impresses the franchise, but yet Ron Rivera doesn't work out. I, I get we're threading a needle here where the offense is good, the enemy is good, but the team stinks, or Rivera has to get fired. But then the enemy would kind of be next in line, right? He's already in the building. But I think this is what he had to do. He wants to be a head coach. He had to shake it up. And I, I don't love that he had to do that, but the reality is it wasn't happening with him in Kansas City. I think this was a pretty smart move for him. If he makes a look, if Sam Howell becomes a, a good quarterback this year, I think Eric Bieniemy immediately vaults to the head of the line as far as getting a job. Um, we, you mentioned it. We we like gambling on this show. You like to talk about it. You write about it at Yahoo Sports. Four games tonight. Four games tomorrow. Do you like one more than the others? <laughs> Boy, I wish. I, I, I this is you know. I mean, when you put look, I, I bet all the time, right? Like it, <laughs> it is so much worse putting your picks out. For, for public consumption and having them be terrible than losing my own money. I can lose however much money in a night, and it stinks. It's ten times worse to put your picks up. My picks have been so bad this tournament. Ditto. I am so lost on where this tournament is. I'm, I, I'll tell you, I love Kansas State tonight. I think it's a better team getting points. Mm-hmm. I like Florida Atlantic a lot. I, I even have them on the money line. But I am so ice cold in this tournament <laughs> that you might want to pick Michigan State and Tennessee. I, I it's it's just been embarrassing how bad I've been this tournament. We will uh, run you down if your schedule allows once before draft week. Thank you, Frank Schwab, as always for joining us Sounds here in great, Des Moines. Guys. Yep, good to talk Thanks. to you, Frank Schwab. YahooSports.com is where you can read him. Where he covers the NFL sports wagers as well. All of our conversation when it comes to the Draft Graphite Construction Group they sponsor. Ten before noon, Miller and Condon back to wrap up hour one. Des Moines Sports Station one hundred six point three K. Hi, right, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Final couple of minutes here. The first hour of the program. Wade Looking Bill kicks off hour two. Matt Poston's on the Big 12 bottom of the hour. Trent's plays of the day uh, just before one o'clock. So, uh, Brett Yormark, when he was uh, announced as the commissioner of the Big Twelve, one of the uh, one of his tasks that he wants to accomplish. Do you remember the what his wording? He wanted to make the Big Twelve. We say cooler, hip, hip. Want to make it more hip? Mm-hmm. And remember, thus, well, how the hell are you going to do that? <laughs> what does that mean? Right. Rucker Park mm-hmm. um, may have checked that box because 
I mean, everybody knows Rucker yeah, Park. Absolutely. The uh, the the games that take place there are. I mean, if you're in the area, stop. Yes. Uh, you, you'll be hard-pressed to keep walking. But the, the partnership that they have formed, and they're going to hold clinics with Big 12 men's and women's coaches at Rucker Park. What will that do in the long run? I don't know. I mean, maybe a kid you know, gets that Big 12 seed planted in his head early on. New York man, City or, point guard. Right? Yeah. We've seen that. Didn't Stinson come from he there? did. Um, I think that, I mean, this is your mark. He's, he, say what you want. Kicking all the media background. out of the spot down in the Big 12, have no, a concert go going on. Well. well, you know what? But you know what's the right move? Blank them. I agree. I agree. I, I'm part of the media. And that whining, guess what? I sat up top mm-hmm. and I had a great view of yep. that. The whining about seats for media members, knock it off. To my I brethren, agree. knock it's, it's it off. It's embarrassing to us. It's awful. Yeah, it does. It, it is absolutely embarrassing. You're watching a game for free right. and you can. Actually, see the game better. Oh, you don't get to hear what the coach says. Mm. Guess what? There are plenty of arenas. There are plenty of stadiums throughout. Guess what? You get by in football not being able to be close to the coaches. It's just the whining. It is too much. Knock it off. You make us all look dumb. We got enough problems as is. Uh, Indeed, we do. Uh, But well done, Brett Yormark. uh, uh, Again, he makes some waves. We'll see what uh, his counterpart in the Pac-12 can do. He (laughs) keeps pushing that, kicking that uh, can down the road. It's April 15th now. We'll know for sure. Will we? Hour two coming up. Wade looking, Bill. We will put a bow on the Hawkeye season with our friend Wade. Matt Postens helps with out with the two still standing Big 12 teams of the 16 left. Miller and Condon back after these messages on 